Welcome to the Todd DeVoe Show, exploring the best ideas and lessons for leaders. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good afternoon, depending on where you are at in this fine world. And my name is Todd DeVoe, the host of the Todd DeVoe Show. And today, well, we're going to talk about cross-agency collaboration and and why it's important um, to to do this, right? And, <coughs> excuse me. Over the years, it's gotten better. It's gotten a lot better. Um, you know, but we still have some issues as we still have some silos, as Jeff was saying. And I'd love to bring in our guest. Uh, Jeff, come on in. Hey, good morning. Thank you, uh, Todd, for having me. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. So, Jeff, um, you we're, we're talking before we started on here, you know, about some of the frustrations um, that you're having um, with intelligence sharing, um, some of the silos that occur. And so because of that, uh, you, the pain point that you're looking at specifically, uh, was, was that was share, being able to quickly share information amongst agencies. And that's what created, um, Evertel, which is the company uh, that you are the founder and CEO of. Um, why is cross agency collaboration important? I think the most important reason is because I live through the pain of not having cross-agency collaboration, both Phoenix PD, 20 years, retired as commander over Homeland Security. I ran the state's fusion center. Then I was chief in Fort Worth PD in Texas. Um, it was essential to fight crime, share intelligence, and keep your citizens safe. The secure and legal way to share intelligence is paramount. Now, there are a lot of agencies that can essentially share intelligence instantly, but they're doing it through consumer apps. And that is not built for law enforcement, you know, for public safety and government. So we wanted to give them a secure, legally compliant way that they can do their jobs faster, keep them safe while working, but also keep people from being victims of violent crime. So wasn't the whole purpose of creating the fusion centers to really break down those silos. Um, and is are the fusion centers doing it? Is that working? It is working. You, you remember the initial funding, and that'd be the federal um, onslaught of funding going across the US to major city markets was post 9-11. Uh, they realized they is a distinctive non-ability to share information and intelligence pre-incident whether it's terrorist event, explosion, disaster, mass shooting, you name it, uh, that intelligence sharing from feds to state, county, city, municipal law enforcement was very rare, unless you're in a task force, you know, with some of these uh, federal agencies. So fusion centers opened up the conduit so that in the same building, you have federal, state, county, and city law enforcement, as well as a lot of intelligence analysts and people pushing out information but the primary method when they first stood up these fusion centers was a secure email portal, usually hosted with the FBI or some other federal entity. And then hopefully someone got on their email portal or logged into it to gain that data. But many times that share was 24 to 48 hours. That was very frustrating. Now today, yes, they are very, very effective. Here's the issue is they're still serving just the primary, you know, like metropolitan regions. So rural and some of these suburban agencies have to host their own real-time crime centers. And then how 
do you instantly share that in mass across multiple counties or multiple states immediately, legally and securely? And that is Evertel's mission. We make that happen for you. So I want to get to Evertel here in a second, but I, I, I want to I, I want to paint this picture of of the way uh, intelligence sharing has worked in the past and those pain points that you're fixing. Because I mean, a lot a lot of people out there, even you know, in, in emergency management, um, even in law enforcement and fire, um, you know, the guys that are on the, the that are on the street, you know, beating the beating the street, don't necessarily understand um, how this information goes up because you know the 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 patrol officer pulls a guy over does a field interview card right something's not right but nothing's breaking a law at this point but it just doesn't feel right for him does the uh, fi sends that up the chain of command and may never hear again um from you know if that was something that was actually workable or or, or movable intelligence or not or if it was just you know he was having like a, just a weird day you know how does that work like the the so the FI card comes in, it gets up to you guys at the Fusion Center, and then what do they do at the Fusion Center with it? A lot of that data will be streamlined, analyzed, and then there's a lot of background search that will go into the subject, uh, the focus of the stop, the street or field interview. Uh, I'm so glad you used FI card. I haven't heard that phrase in a long time, so thank you. <laughs> I'm getting back to my lingo here. Uh, but anyway, so all of that information data will go to a central clearinghouse, and these intelligence analysts will then log all of that information so that it is the ability to search that data, name, date of birth, street, location, grid, you know, whatever it is you need from that data has to be manually uploaded and then accessible for whoever needs it at whatever date in the future. The challenge old school was only specific people could have access to that data. And then, you know, you're 2.30 in the morning and working a pretty violent beat you would like to have access to some of the street stops that maybe occurred within the last 24 hours. That wasn't going to happen. You know, your patrol officer rank, you don't have access to some of these data files or secure areas from your intelligence center or like what used to be an organized crime, you know, file server. You don't have access to that. You probably have to go up to the lieutenant or captain level to get that level of access. That's just not timely or efficient for you trying to be safe on a subject stop at 2.30 in the morning on a very dangerous beat. Uh, so old school methods, they served because tech did not address the needs. Now you advance very, very quickly within, you know, one to two decades. Now everything from your body-worn camera to your in-car video system, as well as your MDC for your CAD RMS tracking and recording, <clears throat> all of that data is now readily accessible within your agency. We want to open up that information in those portals so any of the agencies can now collaborate and share, which is going to be an absolute paradigm shift because now we can actually have, imagine all of the agencies working together when an eight-year-old girl has been abducted off the street in uh, you know, 2014 Ford F-250, and here's the plate number. Imagine that plate number on the cell phone of every cop in your state in a quarter of a second. It is absolute job changing and it can happen. Yeah, they're actually working a case here in California right now. Um, I've been following that one and that one's very frustrating for me because we wanted to help them years ago and couldn't get traction up in that area near Truckee, yeah. uh, South Lake Tahoe in that region. I've been following that case every morning. Of course, praying for a complete and successful resolution, but the longer it goes, 
as anyone knows that work those cases, you just hope things are okay. But every day that passes, uh, it's trending to be, it's not going to be okay. Yeah. I, I, well, the frustration part of me is, is the, the, I understand why we put rules and regulations out when we're looking at uh, putting mass notification out there. Um, but they're not, they, they can't prove at this point that it's been an abduction. So they won't throw the Amber alert out, um, you know, across the state. Um, and so time has gone by. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's a pretty frustrating case. Uh, you know, this is a 16 year old girl. For those of you guys don't are, are paying attention um, up in the Truckee area, uh, Tahoe area of, um, of California uh, went, went missing and, and they think it's an abduction. Um, although there's four areas that they have to meet to be able to put the information out and they can't really quite say that she's been abducted. Like, that's why it hasn't been put out across the thing. But that being said, a, a, an app like yours, a, 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 something that you have, your company with Evertow, um, the officers could be sharing information back and forth on that in a secure way um, on, and, and not have to worry about um, uh, leaks going out to the press on, on some of the stuff they're doing. Is that kind of like the um, part of what Evertel does? Yeah, Todd, that's a great description. Uh, we also have a free service called statewide notifications where, you know, in, in days of calm, and I use that phrase a lot as an incident commander for many, many crisis incidents and mass shootings, but in days of calm, you can preload all of these cops, sheriffs, deputies, you know, all of them in your state and in multiple states, and they sit in this secure encrypted portal. So on this particular incident on Friday night, when they get to the scene, you know, her parents, they are going to be so frustrated because they don't care about the criteria for an Amber Alert. They want that information out to every agency in four states. And they think because of TV and media and movies, it's going to happen, you know, in seconds. Right. Uh, it could happen in seconds if, you know, Truckee would have been on Evertow. Absolutely. Because in statewide notifications, it's broadcast communication instantly from any device on the intelligence you need to get in the hands of law enforcement. There's no criteria that has to be met. So we really want to try to solve this stuff much faster than having to go through some of the steps and protocols. Amber Alert is phenomenal. It has absolutely changed the course of investigations back from Amber Hageman, you know, being kidnapped in Arlington, Texas. But what about all these others where these poor parents, they form these volunteer groups and they're searching woods and creeks and wouldn't it just be amazing to just shotgun that information out every piece of intelligence as it comes in it's pushed and then if there's updates it's pushed and that way everyone around that region has the latest and greatest intelligence and we fill that gap and again that is a free service we provide because we're in the life-saving and public safety mission so we're very passionate about that let's talk about information sharing here for a second because <clears throat> it's kind of kind of bridges this so there's secret intelligence right so basically top top secret if people know the concept of top secret and you know uh i, I used to joke when i was in the navy that we could get top secret information and then there beyond this other room there was a top top secret information you know that we couldn't have but the the um so there's there's different levels of, of secret and then there's sensitive information and then there's like for official use only information um you know how does that stuff get filtered down to the B cop? Uh, 
today in the fusion centers, both that I commanded and ones I consult with and work with, um, sometimes it will never get down to the beat cop, depending on how high you know security of that data and intelligence is received. So let's say it's the federal government. Let's say the ATF is posting a lot of very top secret as well as Homeland Security. Um, you know, it goes back to that need to know. And I was stuck in that predicament multiple times with Phoenix PD because um, my chief did not have the needed security clearance for me to brief him. And I'm literally on an island. I, you know, I, who am I going to brief? I'm holding a lot of this stuff. And if things go bad, I'm going to get yelled at. Why didn't you tell me about it? Well, it would be illegal for me to tell you about it because you're not on that need to know basis when it gets to, you know, that level of intelligence. So to answer your question, many, many times that even if it gets for official use only, it could take a long time to get to the beat cop level. Um, there are ways to streamline that. And that's why we're actively seeking uh, innovative partnerships with the federal government and federal law enforcement, because they can unclassify a lot of intelligence that should be shared with officers in multiple levels you know, within the patrol divisions. And we can make that a reality for them. Uh, and still control and be compliant. And I want to be clear too when I when I say B cop, <clears throat> I'm not excluding, you know, the fire or emergency management or or EMS. It's just you're right. It's just saying that the the lowest level person, and it's it's harder for me to yeah explain. yeah just so you know I just in my team to, you know for you know, engineers and our programmers I just say line level employees beautiful and yeah. those those are the people that complete the mission yeah period. Uh, you you show me any disaster around the country, and the reason it's successful is because line level has their mission, and they go solve that issue, and they fix it. Yes, commands making decision and strategically moving it in the direction needed. Line level gets the job done. So let's talk about how information is shared, and we'll we'll I want to talk how you would do it with with Evertel as well. Um, so you know with this case, you know up in Truckee, um, it was a command post set up, or or even we can even go a little bit further back in the, in the way back team, uh, because this was kind of interesting for me, a case that I was part of. Um, when I say part of is happening when I was on the job and everybody was all up in arms about it. Literally. Um, there was a, uh, a, a former police officer who uh, killed a few people. Um, it was a manhunt um, for him. Um, oh, I remember that one. Right, and they end up, yeah. and they end up uh, catching him. Uh, 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 realistically, the person who caught him was a, a game warden. Um, yeah, because he went into the woods. He went like deep, deep off the map into the woods, a heavily wooded he, area. Yeah, so he and he grabbed, he, he stole a cabin, right? Literally, when I say stole a cabin, not broken in. He he went in and tied the people up, and it was kind of a, a crazy thing. So um, his name is Dorner. If you guys ever want to check out the case, um, you know. There's intelligence being shared about him, right? Um, the, the 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 bad guy, um, where he was last seen, all this type of stuff. There's command posts set up. Um, you know, I know that they're putting against an intelligence package on him. Um, they had a profile out here trying to figure out like what his next move was going to be. All this stuff was moving around at this time, and what what the what law enforcement did um, was put. Two patrol officers, because here in California, mostly it's one patrol officer. They put two patrol officers in a car, um, had um, a, a loose definition of what the vehicle he's driving because he switched vehicles a couple of times. And, and that was like the most intelligence that was out, right? It was like, 
This is what he looks like. He might be driving his car. Uh, be safe. Uh, and don't get shot. Well, by the way, we're not going to pull anybody over. If you wanted to speed during the time, you're not going to get pulled over. We're not pulling anybody over. We're, we're not doing any proactive policing. Uh, we're only going to respond to uh, radio calls. Uh, and that was kind of like the, 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 the gist of it. Um, you know, does that stuff like what we did realistically help find the bad guy or help find the missing person um, when it comes to this? Or is it just a reactionary way that law enforcement and fire and EMS sort of works? I would say back then it was twofold. One, it was reactionary because there was no technology to streamline all this that they trusted. Um, so really it was printing of flyers, re- uh, briefings, command post distribution, those informal networks. And remember at the command post, you might have eight different agencies and then each one of those lieutenants and above would get on their radio, put out information or call dispatch or the 911 supervisor and then try to get that information out through CAD to the MDTs. So <laughs> that was all they had back then. Uh, the goals being, we want to get the most information we can that we can verify and validate. And then we want to increase officer safety and their threat level intelligence assessment so that the every cop on every beat and every public safety employee, including their, our fire partners, we want them to have the most we could share at the time. Then the PIO would push publicly released information, hopefully on one of the news, one of the four newscasts that ran within the news cycles. That was then. And then today, it's an entirely different streamlined encrypted network, if deployed, is like half a second for the sharing of that level of intelligence in controlled portals that's fully accessible and verified by just your first responders you want in there. So your network now is extremely powerful. It's night and day from what it used to be just <coughs> 10 years ago. So if Evertel was around then and deployed, uh, what could that have done? What could that project have done to help with that investigation and officer safety? All right, I get very passionate about this. So when my hands start going a little crazy, you're going to understand. Um, all right, so first you would have that statewide notifications room created. So you're going to have every public safety employee, police, fire, emergency management, everyone that you have screened and secured is an encrypted chat room waiting for the latest and greatest on your big deal you're working. Fire, tornado, disaster, mass shooting, threat intelligence, whatever. That's sitting there waiting. So the minute they had Dorner's information and they know this is the latest vehicle he took, you know, it might have three alpha characters of the license plate. It's in the statewide notifications room. And in a quarter of a second on every device, everybody knows what's working. Then at the command post, they start creating multiple levels of encrypted chat rooms, bringing in the federal partners, the game wardens, everybody that works, U.S. Forest Police, all the other stakeholders, so that we don't have this incompatibility on a radio network. Everybody is working this from any technology device they have access to, and they can have multiple devices open at the same time including in-car computers, and then that threat intelligence is being posted, targeted to just those. So if you had a line-level team, say a SWAT team that's actually marching through a lot of the different wooded areas, they're probably going to get different threat intelligence than to someone that's working a security gate you know, at a U.S. forest a service park, things like that. So the streaming of intelligence, the targeting of where you want to push us, then the mass notification is all happening immediately. And I literally 
can do it from this device at any time. So that would be the difference today. Now, can you clear um, uh, private partners to be a part of that conversation as well? So, so for instance, like here, we have Disneyland, right? Um, and obviously, they work closely with Anaheim PD, uh, but they have their own EOC. If something's going down, uh, they're always under the threat of, you know, I mean, that's one of the areas that we, you know, it's a high level area of security for, for us, you know, here in, in Orange County. Um, we have a few, um, like the malls, like larger malls, like Mall of America, for instance. That's another one of those places that's constantly under threat assessment. You know, I, I know they work close to law enforcement there as well. But can you add like an organization like that, Disney, Mall of America, those, those large uh, entertainment uh, venues uh, that might be under pressure, MLB, NFL, like those type of things that, that, are, are, that have major eyes on them uh, to this? Or is this only for uh, public safety agencies? No, the beauty of Evertel and the strength of the Evertel platform is the agency owns the ability to invite whoever they need, stakeholder, private partners, public safety. Uh, remember, the foundation of community policing are these partnerships. So why in the world would you want to exclude these successful partnerships since the early 90s when you need to have them engaged with you 24 hours in your mission? So not only can you bring them in strategically, securely, and control that access, but you don't have to pay for their access, meaning you don't have to pay for a license. You can right. bring in as many guest accounts as you want completely free because your mission in a metropolitan police department will be far different than the mission of a rural sheriff's department, which would be far different than the mission of a four-person police department that maybe is a school district police agency. You know, they want to connect with every principal and teacher. You can you control the access, you bring them in completely free. You don't pay for their data. They don't pay for the app. We want collaboration so we can do our jobs faster and safer. And that's why we allow you that access because it's your portal. You can bring right. in whoever you want. So this truly is, when we talk about in a cross-agency collaboration, this truly is a breaking down that barrier. Because like, before we started, Jeff, we, I asked you what your pain point was. Um, and you talked about that, that it was like those silos that were put up. And we talked about this on 9-11, that what was the issue? What, the CIA wasn't talking to the FBI, wasn't talking to you know NYPD, wasn't talking to the Port Police. There's all these little silos of information that comes together. And we weren't connected to that. So we create the, the fusion center. But still, there's still some silos that are up there, right? Fire doesn't like talking to police, doesn't like talking to EMS, doesn't like talking to health, you know? And we saw that problem come across uh, with the pandemic, right? We weren't sharing information necessarily quick enough um, with the pandemic. Um, you know, what, whatever else is coming along the lines, sometimes people like to keep their little fiefdoms and hold the information here. This is a tool that really is helping breaking those silos down. And when you look at emergency after action reports, right? Every after action report that you see out there on the street is communications are the top three things that we have a problem with. I mean, like, I, I, I've told people all the time, might as well just write it in there. You know, don't even ask during the hot wash about communications because it's going to be a problem, right? And, and so is the communications problem that we have those silos? And does this ever tell help and break those silos? Yeah, and you're right about the after action reports. You might as well just go ahead and add it to your top three. I don't care if we look at a Uvalde or if we go all the way back to um, you know, civil rights riots uh, back in the late 60s. It is going to be communication and the sharing of information in a timely manner. 
Um, with that said, yes, we do eliminate and break down all of those silos because pre-incident planning is the absolute foundation of success for a critical incident response, period. Uh, and pre-incident planning with Evertel is bringing all of your critical stakeholders at multiple levers, levels within the agency and other agencies, bringing them into secure and trusted crisis rooms and team rooms so they can talk, share, plan. They can share documents. They can share information, critical information. They can share updates. So everybody is included. And you're right, whether it's a pandemic, a mass shooting, a disaster response, Hurricane Harvey, you name it, information is power and communication is the foundation of successful leadership. So you want to bridge those and not only share the power, but have amazing success. We give you that capacity that you can do it, whether it's pre-incident planning, active incident response plan, or post-incident cleanup so that you can get things back to normal. We satisfy the needs of every stage of a crisis incident response so that it is seamless and it is truly stakeholder engagement so you have success. You know, why, this is a loaded question a little bit, so you can break this down how you need to. <clears throat> why do we have some people that want to hold information close to the vest and not want to share it? Like, what is their fear? Uh, control is the first one. Um, probably trust is the second. Um, remember, I, I remember when I was chief, I, after every officer-involved shooting, I would go to every one of them um, if I was in town. And then I would go straight to my office and send out an agency-wide email. I'm thinking this is a pretty big deal. You know, if you got an email from the chief, you'd probably want to read it. Um, but then some people would just take a sentence of my email and share it to the media and say, you know, our chief is so insensitive. And then I didn't trust that my delivery of critical information was in the best interest. So I started, stop doing that. And then I found out after 72 hours, only 21% of my employees even looked at my email. So that wasn't <laughs> powerful. So right. information is power, but if you don't trust the source you're about to deliver it to, you're not going to deliver it. And then if you don't, if you're worried about how they're going to control it, like when you send a text message and it's got something extremely secure um, in it, and if they push it to thousands of people, well, now you're never going to send them a text again. Right. Um, so usually trust is the foundation. Control would be the secondary level. If you don't have any any ability to control that information, you're probably not going to share it. So I would say those are the two most uh, powerful, Todd. So using something like Evertel allows for more <clears throat> comfort of sharing the information. Is that is that an accurate statement? Yeah, we have um, put a lot of research and we listen to agencies uh, ever since 2017 when we started testing this idea of incredibly secure, legally compliant, but targeted intelligence sharing. Um, they want a platform they can trust. So within the Evertel platform, there's no push or share buttons to any social media accounts. If people take a screenshot of your information from a mobile device, you are alerted. In fact, the entire team oh, wow. room is alerted who took the screenshot so that you can actually hold them accountable. And then in every keystroke of data that you had authored and sent, including attachments, videos, voice, everything, you can actually see on real time from any device exactly who has touched your information, who has read it. Because we're in a high accountability profession and we are trusted with the lives of the public 
uh, in many, many situations every day. So when I send out real credible threat intelligence, are you reading it? I can actually on my phone see it or not. Uh, that, that's really key. Um, is the information that you guys have um, um, through Evertel, is that uh, discoverable? Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, if you look at the manner in which law enforcement, public safety, any government entity is structured, uh, they have to adhere to the Freedom of Information Act. Federal law that all of your communications are discoverable and releasable. Now, there's an asterisk there because you do have the legal ability to redact information. So like when I was chief, I would get public records requests hourly. In fact, every Friday at 3 p.m., I turned over my phone and my email account. IT manager came in, downloaded everything I sent and shared. And then I could redact information that at the time fit the parameters within the Texas Attorney General's office to meet redaction efforts. So I knew what they were and I could redact information. The rest of the stuff is public record. Um, there is a significant wave of mistrust with law enforcement today. And I'm very sensitive to this because it doesn't need to be there, but they have been burned significantly in the last four years on posting of information on social media and texting and Twitter and things like that, where they are now going hyper secretive in a lot of their messaging while working. And just this morning, a story was released where the Phoenix Police Department, the entire executive staff is using Signal. Signal is never going to be compliant for law enforcement, public safety, or government work. So why are they using it? And that, that is very frustrating because uh, we would literally give them Evertel so you're compliant, you're meeting the laws of Title 39, which is the public records retention law in the state of Arizona, um, and, and you're going to be okay, but now there's going to be this shadow over an agency because you authorized the use of the same app that was the primary app for the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. It's just mind-boggling to me that the profession has got there, and, and I'm very passionate of trying to meet with them and give them solutions. So, yes, every keystroke of data is discoverable, but every agency's executive within the Evertel portal that they own and control you have the ability to redact information, and that is a legal recourse you're allowed to do. Hey, Jeff, we're here at the end of the, the interview. I mean, this time just flies. Just looked at the clock. It's uh, 9.31, so a little bit over. Sorry, Brian. Um, <clears throat> I want to give you the last word on, on, on what you're doing and how people could find you. Uh, the best way is our website. Very informative, intuitive, and a lot of drill-down information. It's uh, getevertel.com. I will personally help any leader in law enforcement that is frustrated with these silos or the inability to critically share information. My email, Jeff, J-E-F-F, at getevertel.com. Uh, we have an entire company that has done nothing but build the most secure, legally compliant, and advanced platform just for public safety. We're passionate. We will help you, and we will serve you so that you can do your job safer and more effectively. Jeff, thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Todd. I really we appreciate talk it. About this forever. <laughs> all right, sir. Hey, and thanks for your service. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, all right. Hey, everybody else, thank you for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to have you on board. And I think it's really important for us to look for ways where we can have cross-agency collaboration, breaking down those silos, and, and having communication to be open and free-flowing as we can. 
right? Especially in these fast moving events. I think it's critical. And, you know, companies um, like Jeff's uh, come in and do these things, um, you know, reach out to them, see how you can work with them. Um, and I think this is going to be one of those solutions that we can use for communication um, across and collaboration uh, between agencies. And again, thank you. And, and we have a chance. Please go to our, uh, go go and give our, to your favorite podcast player, give us a rating, five stars. That'd be great. It really help. Appreciate you and take care. And everybody, please stay safe and stay hydrated.